welcome to Studio RC, an encouragement for your recovery and your faith. My name is Max and I am an alcoholic and I'm sober today only by the grace of God and the fellowship of the literature found in the program. I'm also a follower of Jesus and we're going to continue our series on prayer. And we've been looking at prayers both from the recovery perspective as well as from the faith perspective, but prayers that are helpful to us as addicts and alcoholics that encourage us, that help us in our journey. And in this episode, we've got a whopper. We're going to look at the 11th step prayer as found in the 12 and 12 of AA and also sometimes referred to as the St. Francis prayer or the prayer of peace. Now let me just before let me just read it. We'll go right into it and then I'll I'll give some context of it. But the, the words of the prayer, it, it comes with the 11th step. And the 11th step, just so we know, and I'll I'll share you with the 11th step says we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And then it leads us to this prayer where we get to be a channel, where we get to have the opportunity um, to live this out. And so this is as, as printed in the, the step 11 on page 99 in the 12 and 12. Listen to these words of the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me a channel of your peace, that where there's hatred, I may bring love, that where there's wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness, that where there is discord, I may bring harmony, that where there's error, I may bring truth, that where there's doubt, I may bring faith, that where there's despair, I may bring hope. That where there are shadows, I may bring light. That where there is sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted. To understand than to be understood. To love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. It is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Amen. And all the actions described here are about service toward other, which is toward others. And what's really interesting about this, in the very end it says, it's by dying that one awakens to eternal life. So at the end of the 11th step, when we go to the 12th step, it says having had a spiritual awakening as the result, a result, depending on your fellowship. But like, so we, we're, we're dying and then we awaken and we awaken to a spiritual awakening. So this lines up and sets up tw the 12th step and the, and the promise that is the spiritual awakening so well. But this is also such a high bar. Um, the beauty of this prayer and, and all prayers, I'm praying, when I pray, I'm praying in order to change me, not to change God. I need myself to be changed. I'm not trying to change God's mind or change God's decision. Even in the, 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 the language of the 11th step, we're praying only for the knowledge of his will 
and the power to carry that out. In other words, when we pray something like this, we're praying, God, we want the knowledge of your will. In other words, what are you up to, God? And where are you doing it? Because I, I want to join you there. I'm not asking you to join me. I want to join you. And then I need the power to help carry that out. So in other words, I need the tools. I need the equipment that, that's going to position me to help do whatever you're doing. So if we know what God is doing and can join him but don't have the power to, to carry it out, we'll be spectators. But if we have the, the tools and the power to carry it out, but we don't know where God's at work, um, we're going we're gonna to not know where to go with, with, the, with our tools. We're not going to know who to help. And so I love that this prayer positions us to find out where God, we're just asking for a little bit of your knowledge so that we can join you. And we're asking for the power, the tools, so that we can come alongside of you with what you're doing. I'm not praying for God to, to come to my thing. I want to come to God's thing. And I, I think that I love that about this 11th step prayer. Now, I want to give you some background about St. Francis. St. Francis is a very interesting person. He, he wasn't an addict or an alcoholic, but he had, he had a pretty... Uh, uh, a stressful life as well as a very incredible life. And he was born in 1182, so like a long time ago. And he was the son of a, a wealthy merchant in Assisi. They call him Francis of Assisi because that was where in Italy he was from. And he loved to sing songs and have fun with his friends. And one day Jesus spoke to Francis from the crucifix in the tiny chapel of where, of where he was worshiping. And, and Jesus said from the chapel, go rebuild my church, which is falling into ruin. Francis fell in love with Jesus, which many of us have done. And many of us are, are still searching and trying to figure out what does that look like? But when Francis fell in love, he gave away his his rich clothing. Again, he came from a wealthy family and he wore poor clothing. Um, he went about, he went around barefoot without any sandals on his feet. Um, one day Francis hugged a leper and with the embrace, it, it changed, which changed from bitterness to sweetness. He needed that. He had a conversion experience. His eyes were opened. Francis cared for the sick and needy. That's how he lived out his love for Jesus. And for, for some of us, we live out our love for Jesus by helping others find that higher power, by helping others in recovery hear the message of a spiritual awakening. That's what we, many of us, have been called to. If you're an addict or an alcoholic, that's at least part of your call. If not, it might be your exclusive call. Francis had this great love for everything God made, like the sun and the moon and the animals and the planets. He just wanted, he, he was echoing that sentiment of take care, take care of this world that God has created. Francis gathered people around him and he had followers that, that became brothers and they were called Franciscan friars and named after Francis, Franciscan friars. Um, and he is the, the patron saint of animals and of the environment because of his just his love. He would take walks and he would talk with the, with the animals. <clears throat> Let me expand a little bit on St. Francis before we're going to get a little background on St. Francis. 
And then we'll go back to the prayer and take a look at the prayer and the impact that it, it, it has and can have on your life, your faith, your recovery. He was born, as I said, in 1182, and he passed away in 1226. So um, he, he, he lived a, a, a longer life. You know, in, in those days, they, they didn't have the life expectancy that we did, but he accomplished a lot in his life. And um, what's really interesting about uh, Francis is he gave up his life of wealth for a life of poverty. He established this, the Franciscan Order of Friars, and he helped uh, this uh, women's order of the poor ladies. Uh, Claire, who was also a uh, resident of Assisi, wanted to do the vows of, of that uh, Francis did, and he helped start an order for uh, women. And now, in early life, Francis grew up, and he had this very privileged life. He was son of a, a wealthy cloth merchant, and, and Francis, he loved uh, to, to learn, and he had many opportunities, and he, he would sing songs as a boy. He was just a, he had a happy childhood, and his, his father wanted him to become a businessman and taught him uh, about the French culture and, and how to appreciate all the, these things that he the father was hoping that he would bring to his uh, be that second generation in his business. Um, About the age of 19, Francis went to battle against this nearby town of Perugia, and Francis was captured and was taken prisoner. And he was held prisoner uh, in a dungeon dungeon for a year before his father was able to pay the ransom, and he was set free. And it's it's interesting. Um, In one of our other episodes, we talked about Patrick, St. Patrick, um, and, and that prayer that it was, Patrick was kidnapped and had, that gave him time with God. And as Francis was in this, the dungeon, he had time with God. It's interesting some of the parallels of, of some of these, these great people of faith. Now, over the next few years, Francis began to see, he saw visions of God that changed his life. And I, I don't know if you've ever experienced a vision. You know, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I know for me, one of the ways that God talks to me is in snapshots. I've, I've never heard God's voice, audible voice, or I've felt promptings, I've felt urges and kind of, and guiding. But God has sometimes in my life given me like little Polaroid snapshots of things. Um, before they happen and and not in a way that like it's it's total future telling but god has kind of said there's peace in this arena there's peace in this decision and so uh, that's how god has spoken to me there's so many different ways that god can speak to you and as a visual person i loved um that but for francis he he got visions i i I got snapshots so that that's i guess like the uh the carnival version of the visions that uh that Francis received. But um, at first, Francis thought God had called him to fight in the Crusades, but he had another vision. And I, I shared a little bit about in the overall intro, but when he was praying in church, Francis heard God tell him, repair my church, which is falling into ruin. And Francis gave all his money to the church. The, this wealthy uh, young man and his, fa- his father was was angry with him. Francis then left his father's home 
and took a vow of poverty. Now what's interesting is if we hear this term vow of poverty, I think most of us know that you, you've turned your back on wealth. Well, at the time, this was not a common vow. And as I was looking, I'm not sure if this vow had ever been taken before Francis did it. It's possible, but Francis's vow of poverty made it very popular and understandable. As Francis lived his life of poverty and preached to people about the life of Jesus, people began to follow him. By 1209, he had 11 followers. He had one basic rule, to follow the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and to walk in his footsteps. That was his one rule. Francis was this devote, uh, devoted follower of Jesus, and he and his fo followers, they traveled to Rome to get the approval for their religious order from the Pope. They wanted to start this new thing. And at first, the Pope was reluctant. These men were dirty, they were poor, they smelled, they smelled bad. But eventually, the Pope understood their vow of poverty, and he blessed their order, which helped create the Franciscan order. And the, the Franciscan order grew as men joined and made the vows of poverty. In other words, they turned their back on all, all monetarily, monetary things that they had in their life, those things that, that might get in the way of them honoring and following God. And, um, and as I said, he, he helped start the Order of the Poor Ladies, um, which was the Order of St. Clair, and uh, so uh, an order for women to also do similarly. Now, he had a love for nature, and he was known for his love for nature and animals. And um, There's stories about Francis and his preaching to the animals. i got to tell you, I bet they were a good audience. Um, but he would go out, and he would say prayers, and he would preach to the animals. Um, it's said that one day he was talking to some birds when they began to sing together. And then they all flew into the sky and formed the sign of a cross. Again, one of those visions that he experienced. And, and uh, this, this happened in, in right before him. And uh, he felt very encouraged by that. Um, one story tells of this vicious wolf in the town. And it was killing people and sheep. And the people of the town were frightened. And, and they didn't know what to do. So Francis went to the town to confront the wolf. Talk about faith. I'm going to go confront a wolf. And at first, the wolf growled at Francis and prepared to attack him. However, the story goes, Francis made the sign of the cross and told the wolf not to hurt anyone else. The wolf then became tame and the town was safe. These are stories. I don't know if they're anecdotal stories. I don't know if they're real stories, but they, they illustrate the principle of faith and belief and trust in God. Um, Francis became ill uh, in the last few years of his life and, and he became mostly blind, he, he couldn't see. And he died in, tw um, in tw 1226 while singing Psalms. In, on his deathbed, he was singing the Psalms from the scriptures. Um, it's interesting, there's a story about him and, and this is one of those, those turning points in his faith. And there was one day when Francis was just beginning to discover God's mission for his life. And he went riding in the countryside on a horse and to think about the words the Lord had spoken to him in prayer. And these were the words that said, Francis, 
all the worldly things you loved, you must despise. If you wish to know my will, once you begin doing this, what before seemed sweet will be unbearable and bitter. And what before made you shudder will offer you great sweetness. And so this is, this is again, a message that he received from God. And as he was meditating on these words and riding the horse, suddenly his horse stopped. And there in the road before him was a leper, clothed in gray, and a, um, his limbs twisted by disease. Large bloody sores marred his face, and flies crawled all over him. The, the, the man silently held out his disfigured hand. Francis shuddered. Um, always before this, he had kept far, far away from lepers. Lepers were considered unclean. Lepers were considered very contagious. But this time, Francis didn't turn away. Again, those words ringing in his, in his head. Taking the man's hand, hand, the outstretched hand, he kissed the rotting flesh and pressed a gold coin into his hand. And he turned and he remounted his horse. But when he looked for the leper again, the man was nowhere to be seen. Francis was overjoyed because the words the Lord had spoken to him came true. Several days later, he made his way to the hospital for lepers outside Assisi. And he called them all together and he gave each one a gold coin, a kiss on the hand and a kiss on their lips. Francis stayed there for several months and caring for the lepers by washing their bodies and treating them with kindness and respect. And many years later, Francis recalled his encounter with the lepers in this way. He said, when I was in sin, the sight of a leper was too bitter for me. And the Lord himself led me among them. And I pitied them and I helped them. And when I left them, I discovered that was what seemed bitter to me was changed into sweetness in my soul and body. It's that fulfillment of the thing that he, uh, he had uh, heard from God. Those things that you think are, are sweet will seem bitter, like his wealth and all of the things that came with that. And then he got to the point where he discovered that this thing that used to make him shudder actually contained sweetness. It's a, it's a beautiful story of redemption. Now, God, our God is a God who became one of us in order to share our, for us, in order to share our humanity and understand who we are. He came down. God is a God of love who, like every good parent, gives God's children good gifts. Not only does God provide us with our daily bread, but God also empowers us with the Holy Spirit, grants us faith, and continually offers us the forgiveness of sin, life, and salvation. God's so generous with us. As God's children, if you're a person of faith, if you're a follower of Jesus, as a child of God, who live in the reality of God's kingdom, it's our, our role, our job to bring our culture into this foreign land. One of the, the scriptures talks us about being ambassadors in a foreign land. We're representing a different land. And for us as people of faith, the land we represent is heaven. And we, we're, we're, we're the ambassadors for heaven here on earth. 
Um, we're from a foreign land. This is not our home. We live lives of love and compassion, lives that do not condemn and that seek to treat others as we want to be treated. And so we do that in order to live out this faith. It tells us, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Let yourself be consumed by Jesus. Life is not something to be endured or mastered. We're to be useful to God and those around us. That's what we are encouraged. It tells us in the recovery literature, true ambition is the deep desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. More spiritual development is the answer it tells us. It's the only, it is only by this that we can improve our chances for really happy and useful lives. More spiritual development. If the prayer of St. Francis does not promote greater spiritual development, I don't know what is, what does. This raises the bar. I'm going to read the words again, share a couple more insights about this incredible 11-step prayer. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace, your peace. Where there's hatred, I may bring love. Where there's wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. That where there's discord, I may bring harmony. Where there is error, I may bring truth. That where there is doubt, I may bring faith. That where there's despair, I may bring hope. That where there are shadows, I may bring light. Where there is sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted. To understand than to be understood. To love than to be loved. For it's by self-forgetting that one finds. It's by forgiving that one is forgiven. It's by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Ah, oh, this prayer. It's so important. Um, this, this peace prayer of St. Francis, or as it's simply known to most as the 11-step prayer, the prayer of St. Francis. During times of joy, we can seek its humility and its gratefulness. And during times of grief, we can seek it with solace and peace. Now, the origins of the St. Francis prayer, the words and, and the generous and joy-filled spirit we have learned from St. Francis of Assisi. But there's some thought that the, the actual prayer might not have originally been written by St. Francis. It, 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 it shows and shares his values, but um, that it, the prayer originated, it, it, it was first came about in the 1900s. We saw, we saw a Catholic priest um, who sought to translate St. Francis's love to his flock. And this first appeared in France um, in about 1912 in this small magazine called The Little Bell. And the father, um, and I'm Bucarel, who incorporated, he incorporated this prayer into masses where it reflected it as the prayer of peace. And um, that it was, it echoed the sentiments of of St. Francis and, and bishops and cardinals and popes and knew the prayer in subsequent decades, but the prayer didn't become widely circulated until World War II 
where war-wearied soldiers found it comforting and peaceful during the worst times of their life. A lot like when we talked about the Serenity Prayer. The Serenity Prayer really gained a lot of traction again during World War II. It was a prayer that in recovery that was well embraced, but truly uh, it was a prayer that, um, that gave hope to soldiers. Um, this is a prayer that has simplicity. It's, it's easy to memorize if you're, you like that kind of thing. And it's, there's a richness for intellectuals and uh, intellectual and spiritual reflection. It talks about peace. It talks about forgiveness. It talks about fighting doubt and despair and darkness and sadness. It talks about consoling and understanding and loving others. When we console others, we're telling them they're important to us. We share their pain and strengthen them at the same time. We are there with them when they need us the most. This whole prayer is about other people and letting them know that they have value and they have importance. Let us give more than we receive. And there's this example of a river is full of life because it continually gives of its water to feed other bodies of water. And when things are going the most difficult, give of what you have of the most value, which more than likely is your time. It's not about what you might get in return, it's about living well. So never hold back, help continue to feed other people. And whether whether this was written by St. Francis or, or not, whether it just extols some of his values, this is so easy to embrace the attributes of this prayer. This, this prayer, the prayer of St. Francis, is a deep well of wisdom that can help us grow and mature um, in our recovery as well as in our faith. And we would be wise to visit it often. And some of us, we use this every day. Uh, as one of our our prayers as part of our quiet time. So I encourage you to embrace the 11th step prayer, to utilize it, and to let it elevate and help you to continue to grow. So that's it for this week for Studio RC. We encourage you to like this video. We encourage you to subscribe. We encourage you to share this with others. That's how these uh, this continues to get traction. We continue to get the word of recovery and church and recovery church out to other people. This powerful message that recovery church has. And remember, we are recovery church. 12 steps, one goal. God bless, and we'll see you next time.